5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Glad to have you with us. Hello again, friends. And you are our friends on a Monday. Way to start off the week. Get you home on that uh, first work day of the week. We've set this one up, knocked it down. Just four to go this week. There you go. That's how you got to look at it. Taking it day to day. Welcome in. Great to have you along. P-Man with you. Then Byron producing today's effort. Intern Xavier. On that graduate program, it would appear, uh, is our intern uh, today. Great uh, great for you to be with us uh, here. Lots to get to uh, in the course of today. It is Super Bowl week, so uh, Josh Goodson will be on with us from Sports Channel 8. He's kind of their Vegas trends analyst. We're going to have Josh on a time or two this week to kind of go over some of the uh, quirky and fun little prop bets. Uh, we've got uh, college basketball tonight in state. The big game uh, is in C-State hosting North Carolina. The Tar Heels at the Wolfpack stayed a favorite in that game. Cole Anthony does not look like he is coming back tonight, though stranger things have happened. Uh, there is some uh, talk he could return soon, but it does not look like it's happening tonight from all indications. Uh, we've got uh, C.L. Brown, former athre- uh, former writer with The Athletic, other publications. Uh, C.L.'s got his own basketball website now, clbrownhoops.com. C.L.'s among the very best when it comes to covering uh, college basketball. Uh, so C.L. Brown, who was a, uh, pa- a guest uh, last year frequently, will be back on with us uh, this year, or at least today, to talk about uh, that. And then Kobe Bryant, which is where we will start today. I don't think there's anything uh, I can add to what you maybe have not heard today from our sterling uh, line up here with all the big shows that we have on nationally and regionally with David Glenn. I do think the thing that stands out to me uh, is that it's certainly shocking. I mean, you see someone cut down in the prime of their life, a, a someone who we all kind of know, someone who's been in the news even after ending his playing career some three or four years ago. Uh, there was the uh, little viral video in, in the fall of, of Kobe helping direct traffic at an auto accident scene and, and staying with the victims till you know, the first responders arrived. Uh, he was just in the news over the weekend, or at least prior to Sunday, because of LeBron James passing him on the scoring list for third all-time. And LeBron James with some poignant comments about Kobe Bryant there. And you've heard them all by now. We, we have so much to get in today. Uh, instead of bombarding you with a lot of audio, we'll, we'll discuss this. We wanted to discuss this. Uh, and there's a lot of things you can discuss. A couple things uh, that I wanted to, to lay on, uh, just some thoughts out there. It's certainly sad. I think if for people of uh, the same age as Kobe, which I'm, I'm in that ballpark, there are others in this building in that ballpark, and we have, uh, or they have kids that are kind of in that age range. Uh, some that uh, you know have fairly young, newborn kind of children, some with teenage children, older children uh, that uh, are in our building, but also in your circle of friends those may very well be your own circumstances so i think from the human standpoint and the standpoint of of a father uh or a parent this is a hard-hitting uh situation and i think for someone to so vibrant so live to to be uh, you know uh to, to perish in this way is something that makes people 
kind of say, whoa, it's, it's shocking. Uh, if this were a, a championship basketball player who had played 30, 40 years ago who was older and maybe had been in declining health, uh, while sad and while poignant, why we would have great remembrances of that person, uh, there, there would be a little bit of an expectancy as far as that goes. Uh, but you got the sense that as far as his second act goes and as far as uh, his life, and, and you know, let's not sugarcoat this. Uh, I don't think, you know, this, this, is the, this rises to the level of suspending journalists like some publications have because they, tw- they, they have published links about it. But, I mean, it's part of his history, what happened in Colorado. Uh, it seemed, though, he moved on from that in the standpoint that he grew from that. It didn't become what he became. It became uh, someone who was uh, a father but also seemed to be involved in aspects of, of his uh, community and aspects of, of things larger than basketball. But through basketball, was was doing a lot of things and had become uh, a very stable, mature person. Uh, you, di- you never had a fear that he was going to go do something in this stage he was in his life silly or irresponsible or lose all of his money. Uh, how many athletes that made a ton of money, especially a ton of money to you and me, uh, but didn't were not wise with it so they couldn't sustain it these guys in the nba now are making so much money even if they're idiots they should be able to sustain some of it because it's just that much money he made a ton of money but he was growing his his portfolio if you will uh but he also was taking on the role of a father head-on and and uh his daughter who died with him on this helicopter uh, a great basketball player but by all accounts uh, a great kid and of course there are others that uh, that perished on there. We're going to make mention of them in a moment. But uh, the the thing about this that struck me was my wife, who probably didn't watch five Kobe Bryant basketball games in her lifetime, knew who Kobe Bryant was. Uh, one of our neighbors, uh, an elderly woman, not elderly woman, but I mean a, a sort of a the top half of middle aged woman, uh, elderly to me. Uh, knew who Kobe Bryant was and was visibly uh, upset by it. Apparently, she was a big Kobe fan. Who knew that? Uh, So there are are things that, just beyond the shock of yesterday, that make you, uh, uh, again, realize no matter who you are or what you're involved in, when it's your time, it's your time. And so it's that, you know, which comes across as trite if it's put in a meme, uh, to, to make sure you live everything to the fullest and, and max out. Uh, this is a tremendous reminder of, of that. Uh, but very shocking. And again, I, I just, you know, Roberto Clemente, I think he was a little later in his career, maybe post-career uh, when he died. Uh, the Earnhardt thing happened during an event. So that's a little different than this. Uh, there's the Princess Diana, as far as people say, just being universally known around the planet. Uh, you say one name and, and they know, uh, you know, Michael Jackson, who uh, certainly it's come out has had his, had his issues in his private life. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say he was in his prime necessarily. Doesn't mean he was any less of a well-known entity. I mean, he still was a global name. Uh, and Kobe was in that realm as well. Uh, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, I mean, those are sort of when you think you know magic to a degree bird i think when you think nba Shaq, guys that you could just say that one name and they're known around the planet 
those are the guys out of the NBA, at least, that, that are those guys. And that's kind of the deal with, with Kobe Bryant. And again, I think because he was uh, kind of getting back into the spotlight in a lot of ways and had really become an elder statesman and, and someone who was contributing positively to society in a, a lot of different ways, uh, but still very vibrant. We can remember him playing and being pretty good. Near the end, the injuries certainly took a toll. And there were some bad Laker teams at the end. But he got paid at the end, and, and that was part of what the Lakers did for him in a way. But it, it just seems like a guy that was literally yesterday, uh, you know, doing things that we can remember very, very easily. And it's just interesting that, you know, ESPN wasn't the first day. It was TMZ. Somebody sent me a message yesterday. It's a guy who's a photographer. Um, and I thought it was a hoax sort of thing. Yeah, TMZ's a little iffy when it comes to that. But, uh, kind of TMZ's stuff. actually on the money. TMZ says you're dead, you're dead. Because they're on the money more often than not. It's some of these other places that are a little iffy in their reporting, to be quite frank with you. TMZ pays for their sources. And so you, you know they vet them out very, very, very thoroughly. So if TMZ says you're dead, you're now the thing that made the TMZ thing if he was, when you clicked on the link, the site had crashed. So was that, again, a hype thing? You, know, you didn't want to believe it. But it just, you know, there was the, I mean, an ABC national correspondent is, is naming names and talking about the daughter on there before that's confirmed. Um, a network guy, a network reporter. I ended up being, to a degree, right, I believe. And I just caught the very little snippet of that. But... ESPN and ESPN2 were showing the, the Pro Bowl, which, I mean, Jesus. It's a news fest. And, you know, probably should have dumped out of that since it was on ABC and, and gone wall-to-wall -wall on ESPN, but obviously they're, they're beholden to the NFL there in the contract. And then there's also, uh, they were showing like the X Games or something on ESPN2. So it was, so it was actually Fox news who was the first that like broke in programming because msdnc was still doing you know their their trump uh you know stuff anti-trump stuff cnn was showing some kind of different programming but it was news related but then cnn got in on it and uh I, you know so it was those news networks that actually sort of sort of went wall to wall with everything first CNN very quickly after Fox, MSNBC, it took them a little while to get with the program. Uh, but then eventually ESPN kicked in. I thought the ESPN coverage, obviously, as you would expect it to be, was excellent. Those guys that anchored, uh, I don't know them by names, uh, you know, I certainly, but the two guys, they were on for nine or ten hours and just did a fantastic job yesterday uh, uh, being on wall to wall, as they say in the business. Um, the people that we're also killed in this. Uh, t the, the, the other thing I'll say about this, people are upset with TMZ. You should be upset with other people going to Twitter. This just proves what a cesspool Twitter is. Tweeting things they don't know. I mean, I know, I saw respected journalists, people who have won awards, putting out information about Rick Fox. The whole Rick Fox controversy. Uh, you know, again, better to be right than first in the microwave social media society especially when it's a situation like this where you know we're yeah, talking about people who right. passed away i mean confirm it i have no problem with tmz reporting it because 
if they have vetted their sources, and I mean that's that's a, as we've seen, this is a major news. This has knocked a lot of things off of the front page, not just in the world of sports. Uh, so Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, uh, John Altabelli, his wife Carrie, and uh, their daughter Alyssa. He had a son that played at Oregon. He was a JUCO baseball coach out in California. Had uh, played for Houston in the mid-80s, University of Houston. Had been an assistant coach there. Was involved in Team USA, so there's a little bit of a North Carolina connection there. Uh, he was on the plane and passed, uh, perished. The uh, woman who was the coach of the travel team, Christina Mauser. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing all this correctly. Uh, Sarah Chester and her daughter, Peyton Chester, who played on the team. And then the pilot, who apparently was an experienced pirate, uh, pilot, Era uh, Zobayan. Zobayan. Uh, the thing about, you're going to hear the next few days once a lot of the emotion wears off of this in the, in the investigative is uh, flying visually and flying based off instruments. And I'm not going to speculate on to, you know, what happened or didn't happen. There's plenty of people to do that, but that's just, you know, something to kind of pay attention uh, to. Uh, the, and, and terribly sad, uh, regardless of whether you're a Kobe fan or not, um, you know, certainly there were times in my uh, sports fandom I rooted against Kobe, times I rooted for Kobe. I, I, certainly a great basketball player, had a lot of respect for his, his abilities. Um, did not see the ECU game uh, because I was working a, a game with Stan Luter for TV elsewhere. So uh, didn't get a chance to really catch any of the ECU game. And then usually if I don't watch a game I want to watch, I've, I've recorded or I'll go back and watch it kind of on demand. Uh, with all the Kobe coverage, I did not do that yesterday, uh, which was going to be sort of my plan. Uh, the Tiger Woods stuff, too, was Tiger coming off the course and, and talk because they were friendly. Uh, was really kind of a tough thing to watch. And the thing that got me a little sort of choked up was the 24-second uh, stuff that the teams did. That Eight-second violation was in one game, yeah, then 24-second. But, but the uh, Rockets and uh, Nuggets, I think it was, did the 24-second violations first. And then they did Toronto and the Spurs. So I mean, it was a very uh, that was that that uh, at least to me because that was the the game and the players honoring him uh, was a little bit of a uh, kind of choke you up uh, a moment there. Uh, but anyway, ECU I thought played very well, and uh, the Pirates uh, uh, obviously played one of their most complete games of the year. Tulane was I mean they had not played as well lately, but Tulane was no uh, pushover coming in. So. Uh, that's the case there. All right, we, we do have to get a break. We're going to have some ECU sound uh, for you in a little bit. Uh, we'll have C.L. Brown coming up next. He'll join us. C.L. Brown of clbrownhoops.com. We'll talk Kobe. Uh, we'll also talk uh, Cole Anthony, UNC and State. When C.L. Brown joins us ahead next. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Uh, before we get to some basketball here, uh, a field of strong competition. My guy, Coach Kirk Kraft, uh, ECU track and field. Uh, they were in Blacksburg this weekend, the track and field program. Big weekend for them. Uh, second weekend of the indoor season. They set three school records and a trio of top 12 NCA marks at the Hokie Invitational at Virginia Tech's campus this weekend. Mackenzie Whitaker started off the Friday slate a big performance in the pentathlon, garnering a total of over 3,800 points. That's a program record, the second best mark in the nation currently. 
She won four or five events to top the field uh, by uh, more than 250 points. Uh, continuing the phenomenal start of, to her career, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Melicia Muzan, uh, a school record time of 7.3 in the finals to finish uh, a second behind uh, an unattached athlete who crossed the finish line at 7.28. Uh, she's currently tied with uh, SMU's Chelsea Francis for the American Athletic Conference lead and owns the 12th fastest time among uh, Division One women. And uh, senior, senior Ryan Davis broke a 16-year-old weight throw program record with a toss of nearly 22 meters to finish third in the event. So congratulations to all of them. Uh, we'll get our guy Kirk Kraft on at some point here. Uh, the next uh, competition for the ECU track and field team uh, in the indoors is the uh, Carolina Challenge, which is scheduled for the 31st to 1st. So I guess that's coming up uh, later this week. They'll be down in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, Pirates with a huge win on a Saturday. Uh, and uh, I don't think you can express how big that win was. But a uh, huge, huge victory for uh, ECU and blowing out Tulane. Probably the most complete game for the Pirates. We'll have the Joe Dooley show for you tonight. But here's uh, Joe's thoughts on the game uh, when he met with the media. I thought our defense got us off to a good start. And then obviously when you... When you make some shots, you get a little bit more confidence. And I thought with the exception of the uh, first five or six minutes of the second half, I thought we actually played pretty well and uh, did some good things. We were a little lethargic to come out after the half, but I thought that our energy in the first half and our defense really sort of set the tone for us and and, and gave us a little bit of confidence to to get going. Let's do a cut three here where Joe talks about the, uh, I guess, shooting percentage during the, uh, uh, well, that's the thought on the past shooting uh, percentage. Uh, let's play cut two here then, where he talked about the way the Pirates shot the ball Saturday. Well, you know, the law of average, I mean, they're, they're a good offensive team. And we, we, we got hit the other night. SMU played, is very, very talented offensively. And I uh, thought that tonight we didn't give up as many easy ones. And obviously, when you don't give up as many threes, they're right after season average at eight. Um, that, that usually helps. The other night we were minus 10 from the three point line, which just absolutely kills you. All right, we're going to have more from uh, Joe coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, some thoughts from Jaden Gardner on the uh, game. Uh, Jaden talked about being loose for the matchup against Tulane. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was weird because uh, after basically playing like an NBA back to back schedule, playing back to backs, uh, this being the last one before we get a day off. Um, everyone that day, everyone was loose. Um, my legs felt great tonight. Um, had some dunks. Um, you know, sign sign. 27 for him, 21 for uh, J.J. Miles. This is uh, Jaden Gardner's thoughts on Miles' performance. Big time. I love making shots. Uh, makes me, my assist total go up. Uh, great great shooter. Um, he's just going to keep getting more confidence, and he's going to keep being big time for this program. And he talked about the Jaden, uh, the positive uh, vibes during the game. Yeah, we got to be. We got to get used to that feeling because uh, that's what teams try to do to other teams, opposing teams in the league. So if we can be able to dominate uh, – and during the night, then it's going to be a really good night for us. And JJ Miles on uh, his uh, thoughts on the on his performance. Uh, it was just a good guy, a good shooting night for me. Um, seeing the first couple go in gave me confidence, and my teammates was able to find me when I was open. So JJ Miles off feeding off the uh, crowd at Minji's. They had a pretty good one on Saturday evening. Oh yeah, so the crowd, the crowd is a, play a big part in this way. The energy we feed off their energy, so. So now uh, Houston and Tulsa are 6-1 and one atop the league standings. Houston in the uh, top 25 for the first time this year. 
Three teams at five and two are Wichita State, SMU, and Cincinnati. Memphis is uh, currently sitting in sixth place with a record of three and three, and there in seventh are the Pirates at three and four, followed by UCF, Tulane, and Temple, and UConn, who's just uh, one and five in uh, conference play so far this uh, year. Great uh, job by the uh, Pirates. Okay, a uh, timeout. Uh, will we have time for Josh? We'll see when we return. We might le- at least get him some uh, Vegas odds and trends for tonight's game and maybe do the Super Bowl uh, talk uh, tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, Josh Goodson when we return uh, on uh, Vegas Trends. Ben Barham here for your 94 through the game sports update. ECU basketball over the weekend defeated the Tulane Green Wave 81-62 to improve to 9-11 on the season. Here's what Coach Joe Dooley had to say about the Pirates' performance. I thought our defense got us off to a good start, and then obviously when you when you make some shots, you get a little bit more confidence. And I thought with the exception of the uh, first five or six minutes of the second half, I thought we actually played pretty well. For Jaden Gardner led the way of 27 points and 13 rebounds. Here's Jaden Gardner recapping the adjustments made during the game. Uh, I think uh, ultimately coaches came in and said guard your yard. Um, they weren't really uh, multiple action multiple action team when they got they got to the player they got to get got to get the ball he shot it and we just did a great job guarding the ball being in the passing lanes and stealing the ball around college hoops nc state battles unc tonight at seven the wolfpack are six and a half point favorites 8 30 18th ring iowa hosts wisconsin the badgers four and a half point underdogs and third rank kansas travels to oklahoma state at nine the jayhawks come in as eight and a half point favorites in an update in the kobe bryant tragedy it's been reported that his helicopter is cleared to fly despite it being very foggy out one witness described it it was foggy to the point where cars had trouble driving. Beer 94 through the game sports update. I'm in Barham. A basketball writer, CL Brown. He was with us uh, occasionally last year, and uh, I kept saying we need to get we need to get CL on the show. We need to get CL on the show again. And uh, CL Brown Hoops.com is now where he uh, has his own website. Lots of great stuff there. And uh, CL's one of the very best covering uh, college basketball and basketball in general uh, on the planet. Uh, it's great to talk to you again, CL. I hope you're doing well. Hey, I am. I appreciate you uh, bringing me back on. Well, it's it's. I, I love repeat appearances. <laughs> that means uh, I must have did okay the first time. Well, you did great uh, every time we've had you on. It's so much fun to talk to you, and I, I just appreciate your willingness to to come on with us down here. Uh, you know, obviously, when, when uh, I reached out uh, to you, it was around the time the Kobe uh, news had really sort of broken and, and had really become. Uh, something that gripped the entire nation. And, and so I just yeah. wanted to kind of reach, I know you're connected to a lot of guys. You, you cover a lot of these guys who look up to Kobe that are, you know, in college now or, or just starting out in the league. Uh, you know, what, what is sort of what you're hearing from, from people who either knew Kobe uh, or, you know, obviously he was the guy they patterned their game after. You know what, what's amazing to me most is, is actually the opposite kind of, of situation. People that didn't know him at all. Um, mm. I was at the barbershop earlier and, uh, one of the patrons, the older guy, you know, might've been in his sixties possibly, uh, said, you know what? I'm not a big Kobe fan. I was never a big Kobe fan, but I've been crying like a baby for the last two days. I, I think it just, it just struck something within people um especially because his daughter was on a, on yeah, the flight yeah. you know we we just saw uh, the, all the interactions that they had been having at games and everything like that and and the other families the baseball coach uh from out there and his wife and his girls so i i think all of that just kind of sh- is what 
people are mourning right now. And, and, uh, they, it, it was, it was definitely odd because yesterday, um, I did the, the Virginia at Wake Forest game mm-hmm. and the news broke right at press conference time, uh, post game time. I gotcha. So, um, one of the Virginia players in particular, uh, Mamadi Diakate, you know, he was just in disbelief. You know, it, it was like it, people were repeating it to him, like, yeah, it really happened. Like, this isn't some kind of hoax or, or what have you. And, you know, he his first thought was, man, I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about basketball right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah de- definitely people are, are uh, it, it's a period of mourning right now. Well, uh, you know, I think back to the clip yesterday of Cassius Winston and Tom Izzo telling him that, yeah. You exactly. know, Kobe died, and he was in total disbelief. Um, yeah. And again, you know, I, I think this kind of generation of guys, um, you know, they've all seen LeBron, and and but I mean, Kobe, there was enough of, of the crossover with Kobe there that you know they saw that uh, that career as well. When did you kind of first become aware of Kobe Bryant? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't, I don't really feel like I. I tracked him very much in high school. Um, I was just kind of starting out myself mm-hmm. um, in the business back then. And uh, it, it was one of those just kind of curious things since he was, that was that early wave of high school to the pros. And um, the, it was really like, okay, he did this in high school, but can he play? Like, like what is he really going to do in the league? You know, and just kind of to see the way that he blossomed um, especially, I, I'll tell you, I, I really became a Kobe fan and was rooting for him hard once Shaq left the Lakers. Right. Because I, I, I tend to like players when they're doubted. Like, I don't think I really liked Michael Jordan until he went and played baseball and came back. And then that's when I really rooted for him. Um, and it was kind of similar with Kobe. I didn't really, I was going for the Sixers when they played, you know, in the finals, right. that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, once, once Shaq left, I really wanted to see if he could do it. I was pulling for him to, you know, win a title without Shaq on, in the lineup, so so people would also recognize that he was he was truly great. It wasn't just like, you know, he was playing running coattails off of what, uh, you know, the dominance of Shaquille O'Neal. So, um, yeah, I, I'd probably pinpoint that. I can't. I can't really say there was a game or favorite right. moment with Kobe necessarily. But, but you were kind of, because we're around the same age, I mean, we probably were both kind of starting, you know, our, our journeys in this crazy yeah. media business. Uh, and, <laughs> exactly. you know, and, and Kobe's around that same age too. So it was kind of more like a contemporary, uh, yeah. you know, than, than somebody who was like an older guy or a way younger guy like they would be now for us. Uh, CL Brown, and it's uh, clbrownhoops.com, all kinds of great stuff uh, there. If you want to check that out, Seal's the very best uh, when it comes to uh, covering uh, college hoops especially. Uh, he's fantastic. He'll be at uh, NC State and UNC tonight. We're going to talk to him a little bit about that uh, here. Uh, just one other you know, a point for, for Kobe Bryant. When you look at you know, guys today, um, and it just seems like even, even the college guys and the high school guys that are going for that one year of college, it just seems like we have a savvier – basketball player today. And I don't mean savvy in the game of basketball. I mean savvy, and and a lot of them seem to be buttoned up a little more off the court Uh, and and, and see the possibilities of what, you know, let's go back to Magic Johnson from that era, has done in his Mm -hmm. post 
you know, playing career, uh, what LeBron James aspires to do in his post-playing career, what certainly Kobe Bryant was well on his way to doing in his post-playing career. I think if we're looking at legacy, uh, Kobe's influence with the guys now who aspire for that, I'm not saying there's not knuckleheads because there's knuckleheads in every group. You know what <laughs> no I mean? But, but, I mean, as far as the guy who, you know, um, wants to, to build a brand not just so I can get all all this money. They they want money, don't get me wrong. But I can build a yeah. brand and I can influence and do other things and grow the game and grow other aspects of society. That seems to me to be a, a legacy that Kobe will will always be sort of remembered for. Yeah, I, I think he helped move the game forward in that respect, um, as well as uh, his last tweet that I saw, I'm not sure if it was the actual last tweet, but you know, when, when LeBron passed him in the scoring all-time scores list, and he, he essentially used the words, you know, like, thanks for moving the game forward. Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as, as if it was a, a, you know, passing of the baton, uh, so to speak. And I, I kind of think he did that, you know, moved the game forward from essentially what Jordan had done before him. Because uh, it seems like early on, you know, when, when he got his deal with Adidas, it just seemed like he was making moves that, you know, you didn't expect a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid, you know, fresh into the pros to be making. Like, it seemed like he was already thinking bigger picture yeah. even early on back then. And uh, and then when he left Adidas and went to Nike, that was still very early um, in his career. And so I, I think definitely kids that come in, I mean, you just look at what Zion is doing. Um, that's part of Kobe's legacy. I mean, Zion came in to Duke from high school already with, I forgot, like a, a couple million followers on Instagram. And he, uh, to, <laughs> to the chagrin of the media covering him, he, he, you know, he knew his brand. He knew how to protect it and and not necessarily reveal a lot of himself last year because you think about it um we didn't really get to know him at duke like there there was no big story or television profile he turned down espn they wanted to send tom rinaldi down to to spartanburg and do a big piece uh like midway through the season last year and he didn't want to do it and so he's he's kind of yeah protected his own story and yeah, I, I think that all goes to the branding. Like, he wants to reveal it on his own time. And he I, I he think, does. Uh, and, I, and I think Zion, not to get all, way off the, the reservation here, but I mean, I, I also think Zion uh, is is a true sort of team guy. And I, I think perhaps maybe he's a little uncomfortable with some of that spotlight. But again, we go back to the Kobe Bryant thing. Regardless, I mean, this, this sort of Kobe plan is a modern-day thing. When Kobe was, you know, twenty years ago into this thing, fifteen, ten years ago into this this uh, player journey, you know, it was a lot of that is that that laser focus on just winning, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure on that. Um, and that's also when I think of Kobe, that's mainly what I think about his, you know, Mamba mentality. Just how he was, <laughs> he was trying to destroy you on the court. Um, and everything he did kind of went towards that. Uh, and and I, I don't necessarily think we're going to see that. From I, You know, I think so few athletes really have that level of, of focus. Um, I'm not sure that that's part of the legacy that he's passing on to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Because, for, for instance, I don't think LeBron has that same kind of mentality, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody playing right now who I feel that way about. I don't really... There's nobody I really look at like that. Like, every possession trying to destroy you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I just... Yeah, Kobe was Kobe was a rare breed in that in that respect. Uh, we've got CL Brown with us. CLBrownHoops dot com is is with us. He'll be at uh, NC State and UNC tonight, which is coming up at uh, seven o'clock. Uh, the uh, Wolfpack favorites in this one, and uh, State is at home where they're eleven and one this year. Uh, State, if healthy, probably has the better roster. State, if healthy, has really great uh, balance. Markel Johnson, of course, he's been a little feast or famine. Uh, C.J. Bryce has been uh, good at times. Funderburk uh, is one of those guys too, where it almost looks like you know he's he has so much potential to be a a dominant double double guy every night. Um, you know, on the side of things with UNC, a little bit of uh, maybe cloak and dagger whether Cole Anthony's going to be in there tonight or not. Uh, you know, no real definitive denial, but uh, no nobody saying yeah for sure. At least not that I've seen in the last little bit. Um, so it's interesting, and then there's always the rivalry factor uh, of it. So what are your impressions going or, or your thoughts going into this game tonight? Yeah, um, I think it's going to be an interesting game because, you know, I I can't explain State's loss at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, to me, is better than their record is, um, yeah. especially once Jose Alvarado came back from his injury, uh, Georgia Tech's point guard. But I, I was thinking that State was trending upward and they were really starting to come together. You know, C.J. Bryce missed a few games um, uh, with the concussion and being in the protocol to get back. And uh, he finally got back in the lineup. And even though it's not as deep a team as, as Kevin Keats would like, um, and they probably don't press as much as he'd like right now, it's still it's guys who know their role. Um, no, I, I don't really feel like anybody tries to be a superstar on that on that team and do things that are out of their, uh, you know, outside of their game. And so, uh, and, and I feel like they're one of the few teams where people, you know, they know who they are and know exactly what they need to do to win. So, in that respect, I really think, you know, obviously State is the favorite, and I think they should be at home. But then the flip side of that is they're prone to an outing like they just had at Georgia Tech, where um, you know, they're not shooting the ball well, and it affects the rest of their game. I think they were uh, uh, 4 of 19 from three-point range yeah. uh, at Georgia Tech. And uh, that's not going to get it done tonight. As beat up as Carolina is, I, I, that's not going to get it done. Are you hear- What are you hearing on Cole Anthony? I mean, does it look like tonight will not be the night, or, or, or what are you? Because there's some reports out there. I would be surprised. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'd be highly surprised if he plays tonight. I, I think... Um, they're they're pointing, even though they haven't said it publicly. I think they're pointing more towards Saturday against Boston College at home. Okay, so you think he'll be back? You think he'll come back? I this do season? think he'll be back. Okay, I do think he. I, I was I was skeptical, um, even with some of his uh, Instagram posts and such like that. But um, but being there Saturday um, for their Miami game uh, and talking to a few people. I I I do feel like it's more sincere. I, I do think uh, okay. he will be back. So he comes back. He obviously, if, if healthy, and I mean, if he's like we saw him earlier in the year, uh, obviously a great ability to score the basketball. But he kind of dominates the basketball in doing that. Uh, how the team will be better just because he can score points, and they 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 don't have anybody that can score points at times this year. 
But how how much better? I mean, is this this is the thing that they go on a run and they they sort of become Cinderella darlings in a sense, as crazy as that is to say. Or uh, yeah. you know, what, what do you what what kind of impact does he have at the end of of the whole thing here? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, potentially a huge impact because when he when he left, and and I think Carolina was still very much figuring things out. You know, nine games in. Uh, was all he played. Uh, four of those games, they didn't have Brandon Robinson, who who has proven to be a big piece of the puzzle now. Um, you know, so many new faces working in the grad transfers, that kind of stuff. R- Roy Williams was still figuring out what he had when Cole Anthony went down. I think playing without Cole for this bit, we've seen Brandon Robinson emerge as as a legitimate scorer. I mean, he's had three points of uh, three games with twenty or more. Um, since Cole left. Uh, his average is higher since Cole left. Um, Garrison Brooks as well has, has stepped forward as more of an offensive threat as we've ever seen him before in previous uh, two years. And his 35-point uh, performance against Georgia Tech um, had another good performance in that uh, Virginia Tech overtime loss. I think it was 28 points. So we, we're, we're seeing those other kind of role player who role players that we didn't know how they were going to function. We, we've seen what they can do now. So now you add Cole Anthony back into the mix, and I think you got like three legitimate players you have to game plan and scout and be afraid of with Cole Anthony, Brandon Robinson, and uh, Garrison Brooks. So um, it'll, make, it'll, it'll make things a lot interesting, uh, a lot more interesting watching Carolina moving forward if that turns out to be the case. Not to say that they're – have an undefeated February or anything like that, but um, it, it'll be a drastic change in Chapel Hill in their uh, level of uh, uh, in their competitiveness. Yeah, gotcha. CL Brown Hoops dot com, the great CL Brown with us. Great to talk to you, sir. We'll uh, we'll talk to you in uh, uh, February, I'm sure, a, a time or two. I hope so. Uh, thank you for your Anytime. time here this afternoon. All right, appreciate you. C.L. Brown, thanks to C.L. for being on with us again. That uh, website, clbrownhoops.com. C.L. will be at, uh, e- at uh, UNC, uh, NC State tonight. Pirate basketball Wednesday, 25th-ranked Houston comes a-calling. Uh, we're going to be there with the uh, PJ Show that day, 90-minute edition leading in. Lots of great guests planned uh, for uh, our time there. Uh, we uh, are looking forward to that, and we want to send you to the game. Uh, family four-pack of tickets right now. If your caller number... Eight at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. And uh, if you are a caller eight, you will win a four-pack of tickets to ECU in Houston on Wednesday. When we return here in just a bit, some uh, post-sound following uh, the matchup. Also, don't forget, top of the hour, Joe Dooley's show uh, from Logan's Roadhouse following the big pirate win. So, uh, ECU-heavy segment, Josh Goodson still to come. That's all ahead, Patrick Johnson Show. Despite the just overwhelming and uh, just all-encompassing news about Kobe Bryant, which continues now, uh, we uh, do have Super Bowl week upon us here. And, uh, in fact, tonight is the opening night, I believe, of, of all the festivities where they've moved everything to prime time as far as media night goes and all that. Uh, let's go to the phones. You heard him in the background there a little bit, but uh, Josh Goodson uh, from Sports Channel 8. We are going to Vegas with Josh Vegas. Uh, he is their, uh, for entertainment purposes only, handicapping expert for Sports Channel 8. 
and he examines the trends very well. So that's why we like to have him on. Josh, I hope you're well. Thank you for hopping on with us here. I'm doing for having me on, as always. So before we get into some of the, the, the prop bets this week for the Super Bowl, um, UNC, NC State tonight, the Wolfpacker favored. Last I yep. saw by five and a half points. Is that line still where it is? And then, you know, again, just looking to get some trends from you because you really do a great job of sort of analyzing these trends. Yeah, uh, NC State, it looks like they opened around six yesterday when the first line came out, and it, the number set at around five and a half. If anything, um, going into these North Carolina games over the last couple of weeks with the uncertainty of Cole Anthony playing or not, um, I would assume that this line is built with him not playing. If there's a little bit of smoke in terms of him coming in or not, or being you know available, the line might go down a point or two. Oh, but yeah. yeah. It'll, pro- it'll, it'll probably end around this five, five-and-a-half number where it's at. And, Patrick, this is actually – I went back and looked. In, since 2000, and it's crazy to say these two, two terms together, since 2000, which is 20 years ago, but 20, in the last 20 years, this is the only the ninth – time NC State will have been favored over UNC in basketball and I believe under the Roy Williams era of that which I guess goes back to the 03-04 season it's only the fifth time that NC State will have been favored over North Carolina so uh, Wolfpacker favored but uh, just has, has not happened very often in the in recent history of this rivalry. Uh, Cole Anthony and and there's there seems to be no definitive yes he's coming back. I mean, like you said, there's been a little bit of of smoke on that. But I guess John Rothstein uh, with CBS reporting uh, at least earlier today, uh, overnight into earlier today that uh, there, there's no update on his status. So it's it's sort of a, a denial denial sort of sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you think if he were to play tonight, that only moves the line a little bit? I don't think it would be a lot. It's not something that. It's not that that would just change it to where NC State would become an underdog. NC State still, if they have a healthy roster themselves, um, they've had a couple uh, bench guys that you know depth that depth guys that have, that have been hurt the last couple games. But with a full roster, and they've, I think this year they're eleven and one at home, a full roster, and playing against uh, UNC, which even with Cole Anthony, if he were to come back tonight, you have to think that he's rusty. He's been out six weeks, and North Carolina's supporting cast still is not great. So. I don't think if he were to come back, the line might dip to three or four, but I don't mm. see it. I don't see it just totally flipping to where North Carolina just becomes a you know, a favorite right. um, in, in Vegas. Right. Uh, what is your gut on this tonight? Uh, I actually think this is one of the few times uh, that NC State fans are kind of programmed to expect the worst, right. especially when it comes to playing. North Carolina, and a lot of it's not, it's kind of unfounded uh, in the sense that if you look back over the history of this rivalry, for the last 15 or 20 years at least, North Carolina has just had better players, right? You can look at Roy's record. Roy's record is something like 35 and 4 against NC State. It's actually very, very, very impressive, but uh, uh, this would be the 40th game he's played against NC State. I don't know. Patrick, you follow ACC hoops. How many times do you feel like NC State has actually had the better roster of talent in those 40 games? It's Maybe been a long while. 
If, if maybe five, maybe five times, maybe one year during the Mark Gottfried area mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of those Herb Sendak teams against Matt Doherty in the O two season, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen often. So um, that's a long winded way of me getting to the point of I actually think this year NC State with their core players and the guys that they put on the court, this is one of the few years that they may have a more better players than North Carolina does, and that even that even includes a. If a, a hobbled if he were to play Cole Anthony. So I feel like it's a game that NC State uh, could win and they should win. If you're at home and you have better players and you've played well at home you and you win. have good guard, they have a good guard and they have a good big man, you should win more, more of those games than not. So I, um, I think NC State wins a, a close one tonight. All right, Josh Goodson with us, Sports Channel 8, Sports Channel 8, the radio show in the Raleigh market. Uh, mornings at 10 on 99.9 The Fan, our friends over there. Uh, Josh follows all things Vegas trends for uh, the Sports Channel 8 guys. So there's a lot of Super Bowl prop bets. That's kind of the fun stuff to talk about here. Uh, let's yep. start with – I'm just going to run down the list here. Uh, there's a there's a prop on President Trump. What exactly does it involve? There's quite a few on President Trump. I believe there's there's one of them. Uh, will he be at the game? That's an easy one. But one of the ones that I saw or I saw earlier this week was an over-under total tweets that President Trump will tweet on Super Bowl Sunday. And the number, I believe, was something like 13 and a half, to which that kind of, it just seemed like a very high number. And, and when I was talking about this with Hayes Permar, he actually raised a good point, Patrick. He says, Remember, the Super Bowl is on Sundays. What comes on TV on Sunday mornings? You have your weekly right, yeah. meet, meet, You have your weekly political shows, whatever flavor you want. I mean, this is not I'm not getting political, but whether it's Meet the Press or something on CBS or Fox News, but there's usually big shows with big interviews, and the president uh, has shown us that he likes to comment in real time if someone says something live on one of those shows. So. Uh, my buddy Hayes Permar actually said, you know what? The over 13 and a half of total tweets might not be a terrible play as far as uh, tr- President Trump goes. But there's, there's, there's all kinds of um, just Trump-related tweets. You can, I believe you can do, will he congratulate the winning team on Twitter? Will he call the winning coach? Will he sing along to the national anthem? So there's, there's so many. Uh, this is my, my favorite one so far. Which which of the following will be higher? The longest reception yardage, so the, think the longest pass play in the game, right? Yeah. Or President Trump's approval rating on February the third. <laughs> that's just that's just incredible. And yeah. and of that particular of that particular prop, the the way you can wager on this, the, the passing play is a slight is the favored outcome. It's, it's favored to be higher than Trump than President right. Trump. Rating, but th- 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 you can bet on anything. It, like, the old cliche, oh, you can bet on anything. You literally can bet on anything. Yeah. Here, here's the other thing, and this is just to throw this in, has nothing to do with the bet, and, I, and there may even be a prop on it. You know, uh, when NBC has had the game traditionally, he's not done that uh, infamous presidential pregame interview, which had become in vogue in recent years. Uh, for the network to send its news division to have something that, you know, it, it's basically a programming piece for the marathon pregame show. Yep. And yep. Uh, so I imagine he would be doing it this year because it is Fox. 
uh, and their news division, Fox News, would handle the interview, one would think. So I'm assuming that that uh, would be something, just, just kind of an interesting note, he might return to doing that this year. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, fair. Uh, the anthem, point. the anthem. This is all, the the, fav- the favorite thing, and Demi Lovano's doing the anthem this year. So the the, yep. the big thing is the length of time. Is that is that the big play on the anthem this year? Yeah, and um, it's one of the smaller length of time uh, totals that we've seen in recent years. And so Demi Lovato, and, and it's funny, there's actually research that's involved in this. So right now the over-under for her I saw was two minutes, two minutes flat, or excuse me, two minutes and one second. And just for people listening at home, if you – the over is is the favored outcome in that, so it's, you get you would get a little bit less of a return on investment if you bet the over or the under. But two hundred one is is based on uh, there was somebody I, I saw a media outlet went out. I think it may have been over the guys at Barstool Sports went and found footage of the last six or seven anthems that she's done and look clock and, and literally you know, clock how long they were. And they actually, most of them were around the two minute mark. So mm-hmm. this, this, this particular one that I'm looking at right here is two minutes and one second is the over under, but that's a pretty, pretty short anthem. Um, you know, to, to be honest, and it, there's all kinds of other like props within the anthem. Will she omit a word? Will she leave out a word while singing? Uh, you can, you can bet on the color of the microphone that she's going to be singing in. You can bet on, you can bet on the last word of the song. You know, sometimes that over-under, you will be listening to it with a, with a bunch of friends at your Super Bowl parties, and, and they get to that brave at the end. And some, some people will make brave be 27 syllables. Well, right. this, uh, partic- this particular sports book has the over-under of the length of the word brave, like how long it actually takes her to take brave is five and a half seconds. Wow. Okay, great stuff there from Josh. Uh, hey, Ben, pick up on Josh there and, and see if we can have him back on tomorrow maybe to go over some of these other prop bets because I think that's uh, a cool thing. And it's kind of a nice light way to end today, but uh, there's so many. I, we'll just get him on tomorrow. So pick up the phone and find out if we can do that. Ben, uh, ben will let me know here in the next second or two if Josh can do that. Josh Goodson with Sports Channel 8. Uh, thanks to him for a few minutes. Also, C.L. Brown. And thanks to intern Xavier for uh, cutting up the audio. And uh, also to Ben Byron Producing, who now gives me the thumbs up, meaning that, yes, we will be able to have uh, Josh back on tomorrow. We'll also be joined by Mike Steele tomorrow. So big show on uh, Tuesday. Hey, uh, stay tuned. The Joe Dooley radio show is coming up at the top of the hour from Logan's Roadhouse. You'll hear it live here on 94.3 The Game. We'll give away another four-pack of tickets to Pirate Basketball tomorrow night. Uh, or excuse me, Wednesday night, but we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, Plus Mike Steele and more Josh Goodson. So join us then on the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great evening, everybody.